What's up, everyone? Welcome to a new episode of No Ride Around. Harley means new episode, meaning we just now hit record and we're starting the new episode <laughs> because we just had what could have been an episode for an hour long. <laughs> it's true. Um, and then also, it's kind of not a new episode because we've been about to go to Laruda before. Yeah, you know, this is a. This is, I feel like this is the the new Top Gun movie that's coming out. Right. It's been coming out for two years. Really long time. Like in in as a. Uh, like I'm just gonna put it out there. I don't care about you know the the religious attitudes of the man. Tom Cruise. I love all the movies Tom Cruise is in. Like you can't find a Tom Cruise movie I don't like. He's the coolest five foot four action star I know of in the world. You find me somebody who can play a better white samurai than him. <laughs> uh, did you know that he like moved actually to do that movie? He moved out and lived out there for like a year and a half to like fully submerge himself into the culture. I'm not even a little bit surprised. I mean, the guy is like dedicated to do his stuff. Um, you know, if you can get that far with one tooth instead of two front dude, teeth. Dude, the center <laughs> tooth, the middle tooth. The amount of people that haven't looked that Hold up. on. Everybody, pause the <laughs> podcast and Google Tom Cruise middle tooth and it will fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> it, will, it will ruin. Here's what it does. It actually it brings a big smile across your face. Yeah. Because odds are you have two front teeth. <laughs> yeah. And and you have other shortcomings. I know you do. People listening to this, you have shortcomings. There's some of you that tuck your t-shirts into your jeans. I know it. You're listening to the episode. But you see that and you go, man, that guy made a pretty damn good career as being like a heartthrob action star. And he's walking around with like a giant chiclet. Dude. It's so bad, and it's all I can see. It's all I can see when I see him now. It's so bad. Uh, but the LaRuda episode has yeah. been the top gun because it has just been ca- delayed, canceled, delayed. And you know what, dude? Well, we go. We got to rewind it all the way back because you laid out the challenge in... The end of our second season. The end of our second season. And then I committed to it... On that episode. No, the next episode. Yeah, that's right. Um. And on the calendar, when you looked at the countdown clock on the LaRuda website, it was 365 days to the event that was supposed to happen in November of 2021. Right. So, I mean, we're this has been dragging on for a minute, but we're here. But we're here. We actually are going to jump on the plane. In, Tickets are all booked. Yeah, we're jumping on the plane in 22 days. That's, Yeah. 20, we're 22 days away. So we're 22 days away from jumping on the plane to Costa Rica. And so this is it. Like we are going to do, this is the this is the recap of the recap of the season idea <laughs> the of the recap of the thing that will be quite possibly the most defining event to date in your personal cycling career. I feel that way. <clears throat> I, um, I pitched you this episode kind of to not to pull focus from LaRuda, but to talk about this process that you and I and a handful of other athletes have been going through with the Dawn to Dust coaching. Yeah, we have had, you know, you and I have had a friendship that has, has grown and I think has deepened big time, especially with, and I'm just going to credit no ride around, you know, um, People talk about friends that they have, like, oh, so-and-so is my friend. Mm-hmm. But then, like, how often do you see that friend? 
And then of the times you see that friend, how many times do you have a conversation with that friend? And like an example of that is simply like my, my mom. I love my mom. I love hanging out with my mom. She was just in town this weekend for my nephew's birthday party, turned four, right? My mom was at the birthday party just Saturday and the woman doesn't sit down. <laughs> like she doesn't sit down. And she, she'll find things. to She replenishes things that don't need replenished for the sake of replenishing them because she just can't sit down. And so on Saturday, it got to a point. Um, I had ridden a bike for four and a half hours. So I was all about sitting down. And I would call her over and be like, Mom, we take a seat? And she would. Hey, Siri, set a timer for four minutes. I go, Ma, I just need you to sit and talk with me for four minutes. If we do this three times, we're going to have 12 minutes of interaction. So the whole weekend trip, I think we totally had like 12 minutes. So you may have friends. But how often do you spend, like if you look at your year, how much time are you spending with them? Not that much. No rider on has brought you and I so close because we spend quality time on a consistent schedule every month for the last, you know, three and a half years. Three and a half years, yeah. So our relationship's deepened. But this year, through the Dawn to Dust program, we have taken your coaching and it's become so much more than just cycling coaching, indoor workouts, mm-hmm. or doing these deadlifts. Um, matter of fact, I think as the coach, the proudest I sit here as is not look at what I've done with your FTP or your body composition. It's man, I think I've, I've been able to ask some pointed questions or create some ideas, some constructs that you've really run with. And I see the like most positive and ready mental athlete to go take his bike somewhere and do some bike thing. Yeah. And that's what I think has been awesome about the program. Well, and that's that's why I wanted to deconstruct it a little bit. Um, because if you – how do you train? Okay, well, I, I do this many days on the bike. I do this many days in the gym. And my bike workouts look like this and my gym workouts. I've been doing all that for years previous to this, right? Right. But outside of you acknowledging it, I feel like a a different athlete and that feeling I think has carried onto the things that I have been doing on my bike. And so part of what I want to do today is I think for the people that are curious about what you do and how you approach it um, is kind of give them like the, without giving away the secret sauce. Right. Um, but I'd love to like go over like knowing that there was a trajectory from January 1st to lining up. Um, what is it? The 25th, I think is the race day. Um, I don't know. I'll be there. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever day. No. Yeah. We, so we actually, we towed the line on the 26th right? in Uradura beach, Costa Rica. So we're on the West coast of, the country. But in your mind, you had a trajectory for me and every athlete that was going to go to that. Right. <clears throat> and so, like, I just trust you implicitly, so I didn't really, like, rake you over the coals. There was one time where I was, like, not having a great little block mentally that I was like, I need a, I need an overview of what we're doing. Right. But outside, you're like, all right, I can do that, and then you let me calm down. Um, and so, what was, like, what was the thought process to get me from – January 1st to May 26th. So you're an athlete and there's really a, there's, there's two things that are going to be at play. 
right? There's going to be body and mind. And I have watched for the last, you know, few handful of years, your body has been, you know, incrementally changing up or down mm-hmm. based on the season and the year. Mm-hmm. But there had been no like jumps, right? There had been no, um, I call it like transformative doors that you've walked through. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so the challenge with the, with body for you was going to be how do, how do we get your body to transform from this guy who's done like a little bit more and a little bit less, a little bit more, a little bit less and like net, net becoming better and faster, but not like really moving the needle. Like what's going to move the needle on the body. Mm. And then on the mind for you, it was much how we ended last year's, uh, season, podcast season. We ended last year's podcast season with you making like a proclamation that you wanted to not be a lifestyle racer, mm-hmm. but you wanted to be a racer, like a real racer, yeah. right? And so the the mindset for you was was more about your identity. So like, who am I, right? And, and what does that mean for me in, in between my ears, which translates in my chest? And then do I have the body like efforts and evidence to support what needs to happen there. So for you, it was like a two-prong approach, body and mind. And so starting with the body, for you, it was all about showing you that your harder could be harder Mm -hmm. and your easier could be harder. So like your whole workload needed to like shift up a tier, right? And that was the goal behind uh, the programming, which in giving you them, it's less, it was less structure than you've had in the past. Cause you love the structure. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, well, what workout specifically on the trainer road? I'm following this and I'm doing that. And I hit these about, and it was, it was almost as if, if you did all that, right. You thought the body stuff was just going to happen. Cause you've done, how many times have you said to me, man, I'm like doing all the work. Oh, a lot, a lot. Like I'm doing all the work. Like, okay. Then what, what, then what are, and then what, what then what's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And so just doing the work wasn't good enough. It was about doing work that, really push that like whole bandwidth up. And so <clears throat> I stumbled a little bit during the early days of the the program. Um, kind of like I imagine like the hand holding on to the ledge, like trying to hold on to um, the old, some of the old methods while incorporating the new stuff you were giving me. And it wasn't until I really like took the schedule that you made for all of us really um, with certain days being gym days, certain days being recovery, certain days being threat and like really living that and not just being like, well, you know, I, I don't, I, I struggle with an example, but like I missed this effort here. So I'll, you know, slip swap and, you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. I didn't like, once I got out of that mindset and I was like, look, this is the schedule. It's in my calendar. If you open up my calendar right now, it says every day, like what that workout is, not necessarily like what the workout is, but like thematically. Right. Yeah. Um, and since I put that in there going back to, you know, early February, not only does, uh, Molly see it. So she just sees in the calendar. like, she, she'll wake. She, she won't ask me, are you working out today? Well, first of all, today ends in Y. So yes, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but just for me shifting, 
we've talked about this before, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a NASCAR, right? Like maybe I'm better than a civic, but I, I'm, you know, I'm not a, a, a finely tuned, you know, elite racer. And so, you know, clo- to a certain degree, I feel like training with a little bit broader strokes isn't a bad thing, right? No, I, I, I'm going to almost pause it right there because I coach myself, mm-hmm. which, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that was the most megalomaniacal thing I have said in the last 24 hours. Right. Um, I'm my own coach. And I understand the issues and the pitfalls that can be associated with that. Um, but I also, with myself, coach from a broad stroke position. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, like, I use the word thematically. Like, what's the theme of the workout today? Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter what the specific workout is today. Like, yeah. if your day is a threshold day, but but it is you just woke up, it's May 2nd in Denver, Colorado, and there's snow everywhere, right? If you went downstairs and did a thousand ball slams... You got your threshold day, right? right? Like <laughs> you did it, you know. Like no, like it wasn't necessarily what what we wanted to do. I wanted you to go out and do single speed repeats up the Green Mountain Fire Road, but you went and did a thousand ball slams. The tax on your body was the threshold that we needed, so that when we step back and look at you, like, are you ready for Laruda? Yeah, he did that threshold day. Need to do that. Need to do this. You know. So I do the same thing, and it's not easy. Uh, I rode last night and. As of yesterday morning, I already had uh, 13 hours and 45 minutes on the bike last week mm-hmm. and um, 19,000 feet of elevation gain. Enough. My bike week is done, right? Like a, it's 14, a good bike week. 14 hours on the bike is a good week. It's done. But I also don't have a race event until May 22nd, I believe, or 21st or whatever it is. The, the weekend before we leave. May 21st, I have a race. So I'm currently in the phase. Thematically, what am I trying to do right now? I'm trying to dig a deeper well. Mm-hmm. So I've just, tink, shit, I'm at the bottom of the well. Yeah. And it's Sunday morning. But it's going to snow tomorrow, and I have a bike, and I have time, and I have somebody who wants to go ride, and I can. Let's see if we can fill the shovel just one more fucking time. Right. So that when I then recover fully, the well is just a little bit deeper, right? So that's the thematically, that's where I'm at right now. So mm-hmm. did I want to ride a single speed last night with a smart wool jacket on top of me, wondering if it's going to rain or not rain and chasing a 20 year old psychopath? <laughs> no, but I did. How much food did he eat on Thursday after the team ride? No, the dude did. <laughs> well, so, I mean, for context, you guys did a big ride before the team so ride. So we did a big ride. We did like a three and a half hour ride on Thursday. And we get done with the ride, and it's 90 minutes before the team ride starts. And he goes and eats two feet of Subway. Like, so, guys, if you're listening, that's two footlongs, okay? So he ate two feet. 24 inches of sandwich. (laughs) Okay. Then he shows up and does the team ride uh, off the front, and then went and ate a Chipotle burrito. Yeah. Um, And I was sitting there. I ate, like, uh, plantain chips and some deli meat and hummus after our ride. He's half our age. A little granola. (laughs) And then we finished the ride, and I grilled up some tilapia and had some quinoa and brown rice. And, no, quinoa and broccoli. Uh, oh, geez. That's hilarious. I'm going to start the two-foot thing. So speaking in themes and broad strokes, that was a huge challenge uh, that I wanted to have for you this year on your body workouts because it was going to tie in where you had to be mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, there were points in time in the beginning part of the year when you would ask me, like, well, what workout? And then you sent me a t- – I didn't respond. I, don't know, I, I was doing something. And within five minutes, you're like, well, I guess I could just 
build the workout that I need based on what I'm supposed to be like. Right. Never mind. I got it. Yeah. Like all that happened. Yeah. Which was awesome because, you know, you have historically built your own workout when you, when you kind of felt like the work that you were supposed to do was maybe a bit out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But now you were building a workout to get out of your comfort zone. Like what a cool maturation for you. And to witness that was really neat. So I knew we were trending. Yeah. You know? Well, and even at the beginning, you know, <clears throat> when you first launched the the coaching company, we had I one of the questions I asked you is like, well, what about the people who want to use Zwift and Trainer Road? And you were you had an answer for it back then. And then within the context of what we're doing, probably the first I don't know, I want to say maybe the first like three blocks, you would attach a PDF with Hey, if you're using Zwift, do this. If you're mm-hmm. using what you like, and it had, you know, for your threshold workout, you can do something like this. And then finally, it was just like, well, all threshold workouts mean one thing, yeah. right? And yeah. so you just kind of learn, right? Yeah, it was in, and some people learn a little faster than others. There's another guy I'm working with who, um, he's still, you know, we're, so the first 12 weeks were, were pretty blocked out with base fitness work, uh, incorporating riding. And then we got through the first 12 weeks, and then it became specific to what each athlete had on the horizon, which for you is stage racing, mm-hmm. right? For other people, it's Leadville 100. For other people, it's you know a 30-mile race. For some of us, it's in three weeks. And for other of us, it's in like <laughs> totally. four months. Totally. So there were, everyone's on kind of – another guy's going to be doing 100-mile races all season long. Right. So like everyone's on a little different trajectory. And if you heard somebody else's after the first 12 weeks, you'd be like, screw that. Like if I told – one guy has – you have a five-hour race effort, mm-hmm. one day off, and then a five-hour race effort. Yep, That's what his looks like. And for you, that doesn't make sense for what you're doing. So yeah. if you saw that, you'd be like, well, that's crazy. So at, at 12 weeks, everyone kind of got their own. And uh, there was a guy who still to this point was, was struggling to understand, like, well, what, what does threshold really mean? He was almost like too deep in the details. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, meet me 9 a.m. on Saturday. And so we rode <laughs> together. And – as we're riding and I stayed on his wheel, I did rub his tire a few times, not like totally intentionally, but not, not intentionally either. But the, the answer became crystal clear. Oh, on a threshold ride, I need to ride every part of the trail as hard as I can ride that part of a trail. Right. You can only ever ride uphill so fast. You're geared out at a point and your seat's sticking in your ass. You can only ever go so fast on a flat on single track because the twists of the trail or the roots of the rocks are going to minimize how fast you can go. So you can get, and then downhill is downhill, right? Mm-hmm. Except we teach that you can actually be fast downhill, feel the pedals, right? Mm-hmm. So it should still be pedal pressure. So we went out and did the ride and he's like, oh, so that's what I go. Yeah. So as long as we control your time, so his threshold efforts are two and a half hours for those two and a half hours, every time it's hard, I need you to go as hard as you can go. Yeah. And then when it's not hard, I need you to know that it's not hard. Like the trail fixed it. Oh, so step back and think less. Well, and I did that. I did that two weeks in a row now. I did. um, I did a ride from my house out to Lakewood to do Green Mountain. And the way to get to Green Mountain from my house is pretty flat. And it, I, I chalked it up as a good 35-minute warm-up. Yeah. But I knew as soon as I got off of that, there was a hill to get to the trail. And then as soon as I got to the trail, there was multiple hills. And so I, my mindset was just do everything that you have to shift to an easier gear on hard. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. not I need to do 10 minutes on and five minutes off. Just 
do the hard parts hard. And then I did it again this week. Um, my, I'm a little bit of a slave to my technology and my Ibis XE was, um, I had to take a part off for a customer. That's, that's just what being a bike shop what owner is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so my XE wasn't put together. I didn't want to ride my gravel bike. I wanted to go mountain biking. So I grabbed the single speed cause there's no choice. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like- and I texted you, I was like, can't hide from hard when there's only <laughs> one gear. <laughs> um, I told you my late, I told you where I was at for last, yesterday's ride. Mm-hmm. I intentionally took my single speed because if I didn't, I was going to ride my geared bike really easy. And I was like, well, then there's really no point to just go out and kind of do this like right. mediocre thing. It's just really burning time. Mm-hmm. And so I took the single speed on purpose. Now I was hoping that Brian was going to have us do this route that went down to chimney and then up chimney and down apex that that's the way we were doing it, like the Chimpex route. It looked, the map looked wrong. And we start pedaling and we're going up and I go, oh, so uh, we're going up first. And he goes, yeah, yeah, we're going to go up this way first. And I was like, and in like two seconds, I was like, oh, well, I guess you're going to start now. Because with the single speed, you have to start. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you ride a single speed uphill? Hard. Hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it goes back to, man, that seems really hard. No, it is. It's like, it's it's really hard. <laughs> yeah, it's super hard. <laughs> I forgot how hard it was. Like, and that was a, <clears throat> it was kind of funny. It was a good little mental checkup because I am in good shape right now. I'm in really good bike shape right now. But you get on a single speed and that, <laughs> that whole thing just shifts up another tier again. <laughs> totally. It's, it's funny what that can do. You know, I, um, you said that. You know what it makes me think of? Uh, last night or so, uh, I think I had to go upstairs and get laundry. And it's like up two, two sets, like to the third floor. How can I be like a pretty well-conditioned <laughs> athlete? And you walk up three flights of stairs and you're like, oh, my legs are on fire. I'm like, I could go grab that single speed right now and do the level 100 course right now. Yeah. Give me like, a, like I don't know, six bottles of Carmel Rocket and I could just go do, knock it out. But those three flights of stairs have me wondering who took my legs from me. I'm like a para-athlete now. <laughs> like, um, I want to talk about volume and recovery. Um, being... And I'm not shitting on Trainer Road at all. They have a great platform and a great program, to a degree. Um, but having been a little bit of a, a slave to to that kind of programming, I have in my head become accustomed to some things that I won't say aren't true, like in a universal sense, but maybe are less true than I came to b- believe them to be. Um, one of them was, you know, you have a block of intense training. And then you have a rest week and then you FTP test and you have a block of intense training and lie the wrench repeat on down the road. And, um, on the heels of, of, uh, a, a not amazing week of riding, uh, from a fitness perspective, when we went to Bentonville, I emailed you and we, we hadn't had a check-in because I missed the coaching call. And we were driving through that snowstorm and, uh, we had just missed each other a couple of times. And I was just like, getting in my own head about, Oh, I'm not recovered. And then I posed the question to you about, uh, in line, you know, like how are we approaching recovery? And it wasn't until I really started embracing the schedule that I was like, okay, so like I have really on paper two hard gym, like at that point in the yeah. blocks, like mm-hmm. at three hard days and only one of the hard days or no, two of the hard days were on the bike. Right. right. Um, and so, how did we get to inline recovery versus 
a recovery week. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, when I stuck to the schedule, totally worked. Right. I would get to my hard workouts and I'd be like, this is fine. So, you know me, I'm just like the story guy. I'm trying to bring <laughs> some color here. No, it's good. So, years ago, uh, Abby wanted to teach another type of fitness. But it wasn't the fitness we taught at E3 Fitness, which is like small group, intense training, and like, you know, full body training, and blah, blah, blah. She wanted to coach this thing that was totally different. It was on a bike. It was, she wanted to coach cycle bar. Mm-hmm. She ultimately ended up coaching cycle bar. But she wanted to coach cycle bar. How do you feel about it? I go, I think it's a terrible idea. Well, why? Well, I don't think it's a terrible idea because you can only, like, because E3 is the best and no one should do anything else. But most of the population in Denver will see cycle bar and E3 as the same thing. Well, they're not even the same thing at all. It's like not even close. No, I know that. We know that. Yeah, I know it. You know it. But the people, right, the whole community thinks, oh, it's a workout. It's a workout I go to. That's it. So it doesn't matter what the workout is. It's a workout I go to. It's Fierce 45. It's like a Pilates class. It's the, it's a spin class. It's an E3. It, like a workout's a workout. And we know that that's not the case, right? With recovery... I feel like people really like to have an on-off approach with the faucet. Faucet is all the way on or the faucet is all the way off. Mm-hmm. And if the faucet's on, I'm doing training. I got volume. I'm crushing. I'm this. I'm beat down. I'm sore. And then phew, I'll turn the faucet off and then I'll have my recovery time. And we're really – our bodies are not conditioned for on-off. Like it just doesn't work very well that way. I have to assume if you give your body the opportunity to rest, it just gets into a mindset of rest. Well – to a certain degree. To, yeah, to a degree. Now, let's don't don't get it wrong. Like you must to get better, you must recover. Right. right? It's like you that's when the muscles get better is when you recover. Mm-hmm. But recovery doesn't mean zero. Mm-hmm. And that was what this outline for the way we do our program, it shows like, no, I'm active every single day. The recovery's built in, but that doesn't mean the faucet gets to shut off. And the strategy behind coaching that way with and I love that you use the term inline recovery, is that I need Harley, the athlete, to always be alive and stimulated. Mm-hmm. Because Harley, the athlete, makes a certain decision on his bedtime. He makes a certain decision on what he grabs for a drink. He makes a certain decision on what he does for uh, you know recreation activities. Like, on and on and on and on and on, right? right? But if the faucet goes all the way off, like how did that work out for you two weekends ago? The faucet turned off two weekends ago. What was two weekends ago? You had your anniversary. And you oh, were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, faucet, we had some missteps, right? Yeah, we had missteps, right? Because yeah. the faucet turns all the way off. Like right. Harley, the athlete... Took a rest day. Yeah, well, because I, I, you know, like I did in my mind that Saturday, I did my last hard workout of the week before I had, you know, in the morning on a Saturday, and mm-hmm. then I had a recovery ride Sunday and an endurance ride on Monday. So it's real easy to get to that spot of bring dessert. Right. <laughs> so keeping everyone checking the box every day. Let's that faucet stay open, right? Now you got to change what it is that you do. Right now, we've just discussed, my legs are done. Like my, my legs are done. Uh, I'm going to go to the gym right after we get done with this. I'm doing a full body TRX workout. Heavy on the core and heavy on opening up my thoracic because our sport puts us hunched. And I'm working on, I'm going to work a bunch of upper body exercises to open up my chest and pull back retraction. And I'm going to do a bunch of core work. I'm going to sweat. I'm probably going to grab a jump rope. I'm going to do intervals on jump rope. Like my calves are going to get beat. Like for all intents and purposes, people are going to watch this workout and say, dude, I thought you said you were tired, right? No, I am. 
cycling tired, mm-hmm. I'm shelled. But all this other stuff needs to get worked on. And so this is the time I work on it. So we changed how you move and we're going to continue to change how you move so that you're always moving. Does that, did that answer the question? Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And, and then for clarification's sake, um, if you just, again, thematically break it down, I have three easy days on a bike. They might be long, right? right. Like I haven't done it today, but I got to go do a, a three hour endurance ride, but it's, it's not going to, I'll sweat. Yeah. But it's easy enough that I'll watch a movie. Yeah. The only place it's going to be hard is between your ears. Right. Yeah. And so. Well, it's going to be especially hard because I have to do it inside today. Yeah. That's outside. See, the outside endurance ride is the coolest thing. Yeah. It's just like guy. a little tour of like for me, I just do. I just pick a tour of Denver. So there's another guy. What His next race is only a 30 mile race. And so. Only. Uh, I love. Yeah. <laughs> I love how stupid we sound sometimes. Dude. <laughs> I remember when an eight-mile lap at Apex was like a, a good that ride. That was the ride. I was like, dude, that was a good ride. Uh, I wouldn't even drive there now for that. But So his next race is 30 miles, so we don't need to be doing like gigantic training rides, but we need to up his intensity. We need him to be – we need his top end to be faster, so we need to spend more time at top end and training that. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, but dude, like what if I want to do like a big day? You know, I want to go out to like Buff Creek and do a big day, or I want to go, you know, whatever. I'm like, okay, so – if you pedal in zone one or even low zone two for like 10 minutes or for 110 minutes, do your legs hurt? No, dude, I can do that all day. Okay, so go do that all day. Yeah. And then at a point, I need you to go, it's training time. And as long as you've been eating and drinking like you normally would if you were just sitting down, then you can go to training time for the, you know, the two hours that I need or the hour 40 for you that I need. And then you can go back and spend another two hours pedaling around and eating freaking, you know, snacks. Yeah. So... We always have to ask that question, especially when we think things are hard. Well, where, where is it hard right now? Is it hard in my legs? No, my legs actually feel pretty fine. Is it hard in my lungs? No, I'm like having this conversation with my own self right now, and I'm speaking very clearly. So is it hard in my heart? Do I not give a shit? You know what I mean? And yeah. so like really distilling that down. Mm-hmm. And then you realize like, oh, I can do this work. Yeah. Um, we haven't done a lot of testing. I haven't done a lot of testing. In general. Right. Which is fine. I, I don't care. Like, uh, Colin was, Colin did an in-body and he was talking to me. I was just like, I, I mean, I feel strong, so I don't yeah. really care. Like, <laughs> so, uh, well, let me, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and so we did, <clears throat> we did an FTP test to, to start things back in January or whatever it was. Um, we have since done a second one. Um, and then small confession, I did use the AI FTP on trainer road after a five week block culminating with the bear. And it raised me from two thirty six to two forty four, And I've been doing all my workouts at that. And that's been the extent of the testing. Mm-hmm. And then, so like what have been those check-in spots for you as a coach to see that I'm progressing on the trajectory that, that you had hoped for. So you've made a confession. I'll make a confession. Uh, Another guy in the programs embodied four times, Uh two other of them three times. And then a few of them are where you're at with just two in bodies. I just, I I have one. You have one. So the couple guys, I have the in body that we did back in January. Okay. And so then a couple guys with two. 
And then guys that come to the camps, they've got their they, three because yeah. they test every time. Yeah. So everyone's kind of got different testing out what well, makes it look like all loosey goosey and like just throwing <laughs> shit against the wall. Right. Um, testing lets me see if things aren't working or lets me point to things that need attention. Right. Right. Um, you're in, again, it goes back to this. My goal for you was less about watching these numbers change in a positive direction and more about watching you as the, the human athlete changing in a positive direction. Mm-hmm. And that's where I've been watching your trajectory. And we had a little guess on it a couple of weeks ago because I challenged you and said, hey, your three threshold rides aren't really, like days two and three aren't really Yeah, day one, for crushing, me. day yeah. two and three. And then what did you do last week on your three threshold days? Smashed. Smashed. <laughs> Absolutely smashed. And so... We're using your heart rate data and your ride data mm-hmm. to see, like, are we trending in the right direction? Sure. Now, when it comes to testing, historically, you have been able to change your on-bike effort, production, and feeling, and it's been able to move, and those haven't always correlated to data points on the in-body. Right. And when that, when that would happen there would be more negative impact on the writing than positive impact on what do I need to change? Sure. So I've focused with you a ton more on the workouts and the headspace than I have with your nutrition and your body metrics. I've really stayed actually quite off your nutrition on purpose because I've watched you do what you thought to assume to be perfect nutrition and not get results. And then you have self-admittedly had some like fuck it's every now and again, but for the most part, you take your nutrition pretty seriously. Mm-hmm. The only critique that I've had historically is that you probably overconsume, even mm-hmm. though it's all good. Yeah. But like your caloric load was like too much. Right. You know? I've kind of stayed away from all of that. And it was only because Laruda got pushed to May and not freaking November. Mm-hmm. And so we need to see massive evolution in your mindset and in your body's ability to respond mm-hmm. more than we need to see some shit on an in-body. Yeah. So yours is different than theirs and theirs and theirs and theirs. And right. Theirs. Well, and I would, I mean, I'm not the same as Shane or Rick or like, I'm not like I'm naming off people in the program, but yeah. I'm, I'm not the same guy that they are. We don't right. have the same goals. And so for, and not, and, and you're not, and you're not challenged the same way, like individually challenged, right? You know, like Shane has challenges mm-hmm. um, that, you know, he likes Nuggets games. That's a horrible <laughs> thing to have to. <laughs> but like, um, you know, monthly in body. Yeah. Period. You got to go see the church. Got to go yeah. to church, see the pastor. Yeah. Find out like, confess your sins, yeah. my man. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And um, I think you do a, a better job of confessing your sins to yourself more often than most people do. Okay. Like you, there is, you ever have somebody like do you wrong and then you'd be like, you have to tell them you did, they did you wrong and like <laughs> yeah. beat them up a little bit. Yeah. And you have the other people in your life that do you wrong and they feel so bad <laughs> that you're like, nobody's going to beat them like, up, beat you up even more. <laughs> right. You're that guy, <laughs> that <laughs> guy. And it's not good yeah. or bad. It yeah, just, it's just is what it is. It, yeah, it just is yeah, as, as discussed earlier. And so like you, we will be doing an FTP uh, and we will be doing in body directly when we get back from Oruda. Right. But between now and then it doesn't matter. Like what, today it doesn't matter. Right. And with everything was everything's been progressing the way it has been. Yeah. I'm just be honest with you, it was it, it was 
I didn't want to deploy a parachute and find out there's a fucking hole in it. Mm-hmm. Right? You're squirrel suiting right now. Yeah. I'm just going to have you keep squirrel suiting. Yeah, well, and let's say that instead of just after Laruda, let's say instead of doing testing right after we did testing right before we hopped on an airplane. Fucking terrible idea. Well, no, I'm just saying. Say no, it would be a horrible idea. Horrible and, 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 <laughs> and I'm certainly not asking for that. All I'm saying is, or what I'm trying to illustrate I guess is like when I look from that 50,000 foot view of what the last almost five months have been, if none of those numbers had changed, but the mentality was what it is today, I wouldn't care what those numbers are. Yeah. Um, so I would, I would, uh, I will challenge you that you wouldn't care as an emotionally stable human. (laughs) But 80%, 70% of the way through day one, LaRuda, when you have literally, you're, you're soaking, you're going to be more wet. Like, have you ever had your wet be wet? You're going to be more wet than you've ever been in your life on a bike. No, I don't like know. dripping wet from sweat and from the from water and, and from water and yeah. from sweat. And like, you're like, I didn't think I could be this wet, right? Right. right. And if you're uncomfortable, which how would you not be, and a bad let's just say it was bad. I'm not saying it was gonna, it's going to be bad. So I'm not trying to hedge that way. But say it was. Or say like you're an American and it was good, but it wasn't as good, as good good, right. which is an infinitely moving target, right? right? That thought would have the potential to manifest. Oh, absolutely. And when that thought manifests, there's no like, even the strongest athletes can't get out of it. The strongest athletes, like, um, again... <laughs> I love. I posted today on our um, on the on Instagram a picture of Brad Keys from Carver Rocket being a goofball in jorts at the Whiskey Off Road. Yeah, and he actually um, he didn't have a spot, but I I had a spot. Somehow I did. how I did, <laughs> and so um, he raced in my stay. Like you know, they switched his name, or whatever. But the number plate said my name. But I post on it. I'm like, man, I'm so glad we're aligned with a brand that talks and walks, sure. right? So I'm telling you all this, dude. I stood on the in body. Uh, I stood on the in body at the Bentonville camp. Okay. So just a couple weeks ago, and my weight was pretty high. Like I stood on the scale. Now it had been uh, after a full day, full day eating and drinking. Like sure. so, you know, just to let you guys know who listen to the podcast. I do my number two in the morning, and that's it. Like you people that number two multiple times a day, you're weird to me. <laughs> I don't understand who you are. I do a two in the morning, and it's pretty much the compilation of my recycling program from the entire day before. Right. So at the end of a day, I'm going to be the heaviest I ever am. Sure. So I stood on the scale towards the end of the day, and I looked down and saw the number, and was like, "Oh shit!" Like 185 is heavy, right? 185 is heavy. That's like how heavy I am when I'm my gym guy. Mm-hmm. It fucked me up. Yeah. Okay? I had just won a race. Right. Okay? I had just... Well, I just... I had gone into other dudes' backyards and I just popped them all. Right. Okay? And I felt really bad about my weight. So much so that I changed what I ate for dinner. Huh. This is real talk. Yeah. So again, I coach myself. I'm an idiot. Yeah. But I did that and I was like, God damn it. Like, so what? 
I'm performing so well on the bike. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm tearing the wheels and everything. I literally haven't, in, in individual events this year, I haven't lost. In the only team events I've done, we've performed like remarkably well. Like, right. Like, unbelievably well. And I've like, so who cares? And yet I cared. And I changed how I ate. The next morning I got up, I did the morning activity, the business, and then I did the full in-body scan to see that like, oh, I've gained muscle here and here. Mm-hmm. My legs, uh, muscle, I've always had about a half pound to a full pound difference between my legs left and right. Um, I've been correcting it with off-bike movement and I've been correcting with on-bike attention to how I'm pedal stroking. And now my current, I'm 0.1 pounds difference between my two legs is the closest they've ever been. Right. So that's all positive. And my body fat number is in line with exactly where I'm at when I'm at peak race performance. So that doesn't mean my leanest, but it's at peak race performance. So all the metrics were right. But for the last 12 hours, I've been feeling kind of like a fat <laughs> Now, when I stood on the scale and did the second one, my weight was down, but I was still at 180, like 181.8 or something. Right. Like that. So still relatively heavy, but all the numbers are the right way. And so they can really jack you up. Mm-hmm. And they're just like one vision of how everything's working. I had a, a kid who just performed so well last week, like so, like so proud of his growth. Um, crazy proud of it. And he had asked, "Is this is this the right body fat percentage? You know, is it going to move a whole like, lot more?" And I'm like, "Dude, I think that that would be a number, even though it's moving the right way, that we just shouldn't care about right now." Right. So. Testing is an interesting thing, and there's and there's you know it's if you're in a training program that doesn't have testing, I think that that's a problem. I'm not saying that you, what you and I are doing is all like feely good and like like woo woo stuff, but with the timetable of May, we didn't have a lot of room to like unwind the positive stuff that we've done. Sure. And <clears throat> I guess to clarify what I meant is like. Everything feels so good that if I'm 200 pounds and feel this good, then I'm 200 pounds and feel this good. Yeah. And so fucking what? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I guess was kind of where I was driving to. With yeah. That. No. I and I love it. I just, and I guess I went down the rabbit hole a little bit because I was just like, yeah, it's all good until that's not good. Though. No. And and you're right. Like I wouldn't in a million years I wouldn't be like, hey man, I really think I should do an inbody right before we hop on this airplane. Like I would <laughs> never ever do that. But we're gonna uh, do it as soon as we get back. And that's fine. I guess then no, we have. A lot of leg yeah. before Breck Epic. Right. Um, the last thing I kind of want to uh, touch on is volume, uh, riding volume. Yeah. Because I'm doing more per week, uh, one, than I ever have, and two, than I really thought I could. Yeah. And I pulled up uh, my Strava progression going back to mid-February, and it wasn't until the block that we're in right now that you really pushed for an increase. Um, in your last four weeks have been bananas. They've been huge. They've been massive. Just bananas. Now, there's two remarkable things about that. Um, and I don't know if you asked it. So part of the the the, the full Donna Dust pro- coaching program is we have biweekly group calls. Yeah. Um, and they're everything from kind of like emotionally touchy-feely stuff all the way to just what ifs, right? And one of them um, was, what if I asked you to find four hours a week more to train? And at no point did you say to any one of us, you have to train four hours more per week. Right. Um, 
So if we go back to uh, the week of February 14th through the 20th, I did a whopping six hours of riding. <laughs> um, and I know like people kind of disconnect hours and mileage just because like your body knows hours on the bike, not miles. Yeah. Um, and it was a good week. Like it was a 90 mile week. That ain't bad. Yeah. Um, and if we look at this trajectory, um, we go from six hours there to uh, 11 and a half hours this week. Um, and it's been a very steady progression. Yeah, you have been like dancing right around that like 11 hour mark for uh, the last four weeks in a row. There's one little dip and that was race week yeah. um, at the beginning of April. Um, but yeah, like uh, the big week, what was the big week? The big week was like 12.45. There are... Again, a couple of miraculous things there for me. One, um, more than four hours was there for the taking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, with very little, uh, and this is a, a big growth point for me, very little impact on my perceived burden on the people around me. <laughs> I love how there's a lot of adjectives <laughs> a in there. Lot in there. Um, but yes. Um, and then two, like, I don't feel fucked up. Yeah, you, uh, so there's like, there are network marketing companies right now that will tell you 13 hours a week will make you a diamond level millionaire in six months. <laughs> I just need to turn my energy towards something else. <laughs> if you see it, if you believe it, you'll see it. <laughs> uh, you know, you did all the things right. You communicated to the people in your inner circle. You outlined with advance notice exactly what it's going to be. And you told yourself that you had the, the, uh, green light to do that from all of those people. And then you just went and got to go and do it. Mm -hmm. uh, so many people that go without a coach do their own thing. Uh, and again, I'm just psychopath enough that I can coach myself as like two different people. Mm -hmm. So just let you know that that conversation happens. <laughs> like, just disconnect from yeah. this personality. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's, it's no big deal. I don't even have to change a shirt <laughs> or a hat or anything. Right. Um, but doing it on your own, you know, it's all gray. You've made everything black and white. And right. then when you made it black and white, it was like totally executable. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Those long ones were just, it was just tacking on a little bit here and a little bit there. I, I said it in the gym all the time to people, especially we get done with like training workouts. I'd be like, oh, dude, go do the ab workout of the week. They're like, oh, I got to rush off to work. And I'm like, I'll do it later. I'm like, no, you won't. No, you won't. Like the hardest part about getting sweaty is getting sweaty. You're yeah. already sweaty. Once go do you're an extra like. Dude, I have had to employ the five minute rule a lot of times this year. For sure. Uh, yeah. The five minute rule for those of you who aren't familiar with it is if you don't want to do it. Just do it for five minutes. Yeah, you still don't want to do it, then quit. But give it the five. Yeah. And guaranteed, 10 out of 10 times. I have never once exercised my right to quit Right. when employing the five-minute rule. Dude, drive to the trailhead. Yeah, just Dude, get it in looks the car. Like it's, like it's raining over there. Drive to the trailhead. No, but like it's dumping. You know, someone else drove to the trailhead, and they're going to tell you tomorrow on like 303 Trail yeah. Monitor, it was raining all around us. It was freaking perfect. It was perfect. Hero dirt. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Just drive to the trailhead. Yeah. Every, if you're supposed to, every yeah. time. Yep. Again, last, dude, it's fortuitous. Last night, I leave my sister's house and it was to go do this ride and meet up. And I'm like, East 470 is left, back home, super comfortable. Right 470 is towards a cold outdoor bike ride. Right. It looks like it's raining. I mean, I was, I'm going to tell you now, I was in the far left lane. I made a three lane change <laughs> and went right only on, only on the concept of drive to the trailhead. Yeah. 
Dude, if I get there and I don't want to do it. Or or if it is raining. Yeah. If it's pouring rain, I'm going to stay in my truck. I'm going to go right back home. Totally. Just go, like, what's the worst you did? You uh, contributed a little bit to the struggling gas economy. Yeah. Give those fossil fuel guys help those Help those billionaires out a bit. <laughs> uh, but another thing, you know, <clears throat> this is going to sound silly because I've been the one that has to wake up and do the ride and I've been the one that has to go downstairs and pick up the weight. But like when I do, like when I have a week that is a big week, I'm thankful for what you've helped me create. Um, because to do a 12 and a half hour week with all the racing that I've done in the past was never something that I did. And I assumed that after that first week we, we had recorded, we, and we were standing in front of the shop and you're like, how was your first week? Like any, anything bugging you, any, any twinges, any pinches? I'm like, no dude, I'm, I'm fucking good. And I remain good. Like I'm not tired. I sleep well at night for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm not tired. I'm not unfocused. Um, my Normatex get a really good workout every day. <laughs> um, but I, I think, you know, the, the time component notwithstanding, like I do, I find it miraculous to a degree that like, I don't feel beat up. Can I ask you a question adjacent to that? Sure. How is your business performing right now? Um, if we go off of uh, Mar- uh, April, it's the best April we've had, and that's coming off of a record year in 2021. How is your relationship with your staff right now? Pretty awesome. How many more staff members have you added in the last six weeks? Two. How hard is it to add a staff member? <laughs> Super fucking hard. Prior to the two you added, how many staff members did you have? Just be honest. Three. Right. So you doubled your workforce yeah. nearly. Yeah. Business is doing the best it's ever done. Yep. You're looking at development and growth in that arena. Mm-hmm. How's your How's your interactions with your wife in relationship to your bike riding personality? Great. She's more involved than she's ever been. Mm-hmm. So when I said everything's clicking, everything's clicking. Yeah, for sure. And you're doing more than you've ever done. Mm-hmm. And everyone's on board. Yeah. It's freaking awesome. Yeah. I mean... And then we get to go to Costa Rica. That's the, <clears throat> so I'm super. And so there's a couple of other little growth points that I've had. One of them was this morning. One of them was last week when we were talking. Um, I have been, they have not announced what the official course is. <laughs> they just have it. We're 22 days away from the race. I'm wondering if they have it done. Um, Fair assumption. Uh, which is fine. Um, But last week, and kind of like I'd been hovering, like, do I want to know? Like, does a curious part of me want to know? Yeah, absolutely. Does the bike racer want to know? Bike racer doesn't care. Because we have spent a lot of money to do this race. Like, if you take all the fun shit we're going to do after the race out of the equation, I'm, I don't know, four grand in. Yeah. I'm going to show up. I'm going to race the race. Like, you know, like it doesn't matter what I'm getting my dollars. Like, I don't, it doesn't matter what the course is. Like yeah. it doesn't matter what the aid stations are. It doesn't matter how many feet of vert there are, uh, or mileage or what the wet, like I'm going to do the race. Yeah. It's fun. Like with something like Breck Epic to be able to think you're going to strategize, but like the top 30 riders in the field are going to strategize. The rest of us are just 
Surviving is the wrong word, but we're just there doing it, right? Yeah. And even, you know, I'll be honest with you, even the top 30, they may have a strategy, but the strategy really is like, where do I make my one move? Right. It's, those, it's picking a decisive moment yeah. in six days. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I kind of don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's going to be awesome. There's going to be cool shit. I'm going to be doing it with my people. I don't know. Is it like 500 person race? Yeah, something on. To get to line up with 500 of my people, our people, um, and and do do a big thing. I got. <clears throat> I was already excited, and I don't know if this is hush hush or what, but Brian's doing it with us now. Yeah, just like literally, the knuckles were pounded last night with 100 percent confidence. Um, but just like I'm already excited about like the inevitable bonding that the group, like me, you, Brian, Amir, is Steve doing it this on this one? No. Derek. So it's Derek. Um, you know, it's, it's like, you know, going into battle, right? Yeah. So I'm already excited about how we're going to feel on the East coast of Costa Rica. Um, and then the other thing that like occurred to me, I was talking to another friend and I was sharing last week with him, which was a really good training week. And uh, he's like, yeah, all you got to do now is put it together for the race. I was like, I'm not even worried about the race. And that was a big hurdle. Like, that's a big uh, milestone for me. Like, I'm I'm not, again, not looking through it, but I'm not worried about it. So, you know, the morning we start is going to be just I'm worried like, about waking up at 2.30 in the morning. Dude, it's gonna be, it, it is early. <laughs> but the morning we start... Um, the nerves and the anxiety and all the stuff at the start line will be exactly the same uh, as it always is. Yeah. There's no getting around that. Like there's no out training the anxiety at the start. Yeah. But there is out training the the feeling of inadequacy at right. the start that happens so often. And maybe that's what I'm not feeling. You're not going to feel the inadequacy. There's no way, right? Because yeah. you you can't like you have to then point look at metrics and go, are you shitting me? So what um, one of the things racers do. Uh, you know, in domestically, we really can't do this for Laruda because we're not friends with them on Strava. But domestically, like you see the start list on like Bike Reg, sure. and then you look at your field, and then you kind of look at the names. Do I recognize any of them? And then you you have that list, and then you go over to the sponsors, and you look and see people who are sponsored by like legit, like the way that even the way and a person will write their sponsors. Uh-huh. You can see if it's like a legit sponsored person or just like you know. Frankie's fast guys fun team, right? right? Totally. And so you first go for names you see and recognize, and then you go for teams or sponsorship that you recognize. And then you get on Strava and you stalk all these people, right? And you find out like, how do I feel against them? The only thing that I look at when I do my Strava stalking is hours. Right. And I just go, how much more prepared or unprepared am I in relationship to this person? And the only metric I look at is hours. Um, and that really is like everything, right? Like Malcolm Gladwell nailed it on the head when he said 10,000 hours for mastery, right? right? Like whoever has done the most hours is probably the most prepared. Like that doesn't mean a dude can show up having not like, I haven't really ridden at all, but you know, I was snowmobiling, I was skiing, I was snowshoeing, I did some randonnée races and he grabs his bike and just freaking dusts everyone in the field because he's been doing it for his whole career, right? Like that can very well still happen. But for the most part, the ones I'm concerned about are the ones that have the hours. Yeah, You've got the hours. Right. There's no inadequacy there. Yeah. So when the green light goes, you're going to ride the bike for whatever the course is. You know, jungle for the first day. Mountain, loud forest, or, mountains for the second day. Yeah. 
banana fields for the third day. <laughs> Yeah, like, and then we sit there. And we go. Well, what's the course through the banana fields? Well, I don't know. Well, do you know the road, dickhead? <laughs> like, 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 it, like, is it going to be the same type of banana field that you've ever raced in before? Before? And that's the thing is, like, they could lay out with every trail name, and I'm just like, I don't know that trail. <laughs> right. Oh man, we're going up that road. I hate. Fuck, that road. I hate that road. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. It, so it just doesn't matter. Like. You know, what's my plan? I don't know. Eat as much as I can and get more at the aid stations. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's almost nice that I, I did. I looked at some race results. I, I checked out um, from the last year that you guys did it. The, the race results are still up just to kind of try to understand what what the days are. Yeah. You know, um, I, I we haven't really talked about this, but uh, I actually have in my head, I have you and I sharing this race. Not just the start line, the finish lines, and the days in the time in between. I genuinely think we might be sharing this race on course far more than we would if if I was racing a geared bike. Okay. I I, I forgot I, that you're racing single speed. I genuinely think we are going to spend, or at least have the potential, right, to spend time on the course, right. And we've never, we're not like we've yeah. never really done that, yeah. Um, because there's no way for me to gear my bike to do the whole course. So I'm hiking no matter what. Right. So then the question becomes, do I want to hike a little bit less or do I want to be faster when I'm not hiking? Right. And so like there, there may be, you may pass me on the first climb mm. off the beach and I'm walking a bike. Like that's very, that very real, that may very well happen. <laughs> I'll, I'll mark it in my calendar. <laughs> it's going to be, a, so be like, um, this is unusual. Yeah. So I think, so I think that, um, I think that everything's set up for it to be, we really need that way. Yeah. Um, is this in, week, this week is one-on-one coaching call. Yeah. One-on-one coaching. Well, I'll ask you right now. I was going to ask you tomorrow. Yeah. It's 22 days. Yeah. I assume like, what are my next two, what are my next 22 days look like? Yeah. So, uh, we are going to remember we talked about digging. The, I'm digging the well. Yeah. You're still digging a well this week. You're digging a well next week. That's what I thought. And then starting the week of the 16th, you're still going to be, uh, working hard hard, snappy, hard work, but for much shorter duration. Gotcha. And probably more days in a row than you have been. More like, again, to to kind of paint with that big brush, like less like sustained threshold and like more VO2 max type stuff. Yeah, it's going to be, think of like four, like 20 to 30 minutes of getting bitch slapped. Okay. Four times in a row. Okay. Um, Because really at that point, we just want to, we want to make sure everything's, I like the word springy. Mm-hmm. I want you super, super, super springy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also training hard. I think we talked about that faucet earlier. When people go for a long taper that require that is like a lot of low effort stuff, that like faucet starts to like become like more of a trickle. Right. And uh, there's no need for that. Like what would we need to do base building work at that point? For? Right. Cause that's right. what that is, right? Yeah. The base we, is there. We don't need to build base. We just need to, okay. Top end still works. Yeah. Cool. Top end still works. Yeah. Cool. So like we'll take the car out. We spend three hot laps around the track and then we put the car back in the garage and just like wash it. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. So that's what we're going to do for that week of the 16th. Um, and then we go into our travel week. That's all very exciting. It's freaking. I'm dope. super excited. I thought I was going to be more nervous as we were getting closer to it. Um, 
And I'm not. I'm just. I'm. I'm excited to do it. I'm excited for the time afterwards. Like, yeah, just to make the people jealous. Like after the day after the race, right? The day after the race, because the race is like the, the last day is like two hours. Yeah. Um. And then we have like all the celebration and there's meals and blah blah. blah and we're like, we wanted a shower forever, and then you don't get one. And then anyhow, we'll get to like Puerto Viejo. Um. It'll be probably dark or close there too. First thing the next morning, we're picked up and we're going to be taken out to Bocas del Toro. This like magical like calendar looking freaking place. We're gonna be snorkeling with dolphins and like laying in little beaches full of starfish and shit. So and just like full like, we're gonna be on sailboats and yeah. drinking drinks if you want whatever like having yeah. a good time. We come back. We're gonna maybe you maybe go on a cacao farm tour. The girls might do yoga on the beach. We're gonna freaking walk to a chill breakfast. We're gonna watch sloths while we freaking drink coffee for two hours. You know like yeah. It's just going to be the coolest. It's going to be a super cool victory lap. Such a cool victory <laughs> lap. Um, what's going to be more hilarious is how antsy that we're going to get and be like, I mean, we should probably go for a bike ride. Right. So like that'll probably happen. Was, it's so fun. Like there's just certain things that I assume um, in being friends with you, going on an adventure with you. I'm like, all right, well, like, I should probably bring, like, my workout clothes, too. Yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> Justin's definitely going to be like, all right, out to the beach. It's time to get a workout in. Don't remember, there's no such thing as an off day. I know. I it's know. just a different day. I know. Um, but I think I'll, I, I, I can tell you right now, if I asked Molly, like, what are you most looking forward to for the three days after LaRuta? One of those things would be, that you won't be going away for an hour to an hour and a half to go do a workout. Yeah. And she's going to, she's going to be really sad that I'm going to go do a workout. <laughs> like maybe not the day after, but definitely the day after that. No, the day after the day after for sure we're doing a workout. Uh, but we're going to disguise it. And plus you got the best thing ever, dude. You got a, you got a sidekick. That's what we do. Yeah. We like, I'm bringing Abby, you're bringing Molly so that yeah. we have an Abby and Oh, you guys are going to go do a thing and a thing? Oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll see you later. Hope you guys have fun. We should probably go for a bike ride. <laughs> Got a time. <laughs> um, but if you've ever uh, body surfed riptides, you realize how much of a workout that is. We go out and body surf riptides for about 90 minutes. We're going to be smoked too. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah and I know yeah, you said they were going to do yoga on the beach, but I might do yoga on the beach. Dude, who, if there's a beach and there's <sighs> yoga, I don't even really, I'm into it. Yeah. Um, we're going to stay one night at, in a coffee farm um, up in the hills, uh, up in the Santa Barbara section of these hills above San Jose. Our last night, we're going to be, I, we got a whole villa. And so we're going to be in there and in a coffee, like staying in it. Like we're going to have a hot tub in a coffee farm. Like what? No, I'm, so, every part of it I'm jazzed for. And you're ready. And this is cool. And this is the start. And, you know, what'll be, I think, a very compelling story. For both the listeners and for you and for us together in this relationship that we have is what it looks like after. Like, okay, then what do we do? Not that we're getting there yet, but like we talk, I talk about like this transformative experience. Well, then what happens? And I think that there's a very great potential that um, the light that shines on everything you do afterwards can be a different hue. Sure. And it's freaking gonna be sweet. Yeah. And meanwhile, I'm gonna be sitting here going, I wish it was 180 pounds. Walking a single speed. Why didn't I bring a geared bike? Why <laughs> did I leave just my gears at angry, home? Angry, just angry. I have no gear. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but Go if you're gonna be stupid, be tough. Yeah, it's a. Uh, 
Keegan Swenson had a, a good good quote that they said, which is, it, it helps to be the right amount of dumb. Dude, I'm bringing <laughs> all the dumb. The race directors are sending me a message, this is a bad idea. And I'm writing back, I know, with like a winky face. Did you not do it single speed ever yet? No. You talked about it, but you talked, didn't. Well, I talked about it, but it hasn't happened didn't yet. Didn't happen. That's right. God. Yeah. So like, this is it. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I think that's about all we have to say until we come back victorious. Next time we talk to you guys, we're going to be both sitting here as conquistadors. Yep. Get at us. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Don't wait. You're not done. So get the fuck out. Don't wait.